0: Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 6 of season 3 of Relay Essay, our season finale. This podcast is a connected conversation about student affairs in Canada, so every single person we interview gives us a name or two of folks that we should interview next, and then we try to follow along that route, passing the baton along from interview to interview, creating a kind of relay, which is where the title comes from. The essay stands for student affairs, which is generally what we talk about on the podcast, for the most part. Now, the time has come to tell you that Relay Essay's new co host and the sixth interview of our third season is none other than the amazing Nadia Rosemond. I have known Nadia for about 15 years now, and even with that history, this interview blew me away. Nadia is this special combination of hilarity, wisdom, intelligence, and humility that I have been attracted to ever since we met back in our undergrad. I'm so thrilled that Nadia is joining me as a co-host. I think it's going to take this podcast to new heights. The interview is awesome, so let's get right to it. Hope you enjoy it. Adam Cuban, what are you doing?
1: Who will you talk to today? It's really yes, eh?
0: And we're recording. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: Tell us your name.
1: My name is Nadia Rosemont. Oh, f- like full name? It's full if you want. Nadia Claire Rosemont. Claire? I um, never knew that. Like Claire Huxtable. Oh. But not after not after Claire Huxtable. <laughs> after her grandmother. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Claire
1: Huxtable's
0: your grandmother? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is off to an amazing start. <laughs> so, Nadia Claire Rosemont, where do you currently work?
1: I work at University of Toronto Scarborough campus.
0: Okay, and what do you do there?
1: Uh, currently, I'm acting assistant dean of student life, community outreach, and international experience.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a bit of a mouthful even for you to eat.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, for the summer, my assistant dean is on leave, so I'm supporting her portfolio until about August, September. Okay. It's been a really good experience. <clears throat> Whew.
0: And then well, what has been so good about it?
1: Um, I think, so my regular role, like my usual role, Your day job. Uh, my day job <laughs> is manager of student life and leadership programs. And it's that experience, I think, helped me not, well, perfect, but I guess like kind of. Boost up my managing style and working on teams and building a teams and and hiring, but with the acting assistant dean role, it makes me kind of exercise my, I want to say autonomy or I guess my, self confidence in like, making my own decisions and. I never realized how, like, much of a safe net my acting, my my assistant Dean is. Like, Mm. I really really rely on her brain and her strategy and just advice. So when she's not there, it's like, oh, it's up to me. Okay, what do I want to do this? Okay, I'm going to do it. Like, (laughs) 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 I'm doing it. Yeah, so it's been a really interesting experience to be like, I'm the final say sometimes. And being like, thinking about where... My, my where my solution came from, or like where like why I feel a certain way, and then going with that decision, and like being and you gotta be okay with it. Like it's like, whatever the consequences, this was my reasoning. Okay, yeah. Let's see if it works. Let's
0: see if it works, and so how long have you been at Scarborough?
1: I think I'm entering my eighth year. Eighth year. Yeah, eighth year in October.
0: And you were in a, you've been in a few different roles there, right?
1: So in my first year, I was a uh, training and program coordinator in the Department of Student Housing and Residence Life.
0: Okay. And then you moved out of housing into the student life kind
1: of Yeah. Realm, I right? leaped. <laughs>
0: um, and then before, I was even trying to, and I've known you since our undergrad, but I was trying to track, like, your progression. Um, maybe let's just do, like, a, what do they call it in a show when you do, like, a, a flashback. Let's, a do flashback <laughs> <laughs> let's do a
1: flashback. Gotta go back in time.
0: Let's do a flashback.
1: Okay,
0: your decision to go to the University of Guelph. Oh. You're from kind of the GTA. Yeah. Of all the places that you could go and wanted to study.
1: Why Guelph? You're in
0: grade. You were. Did you do grade thirteen?
1: Yes, I had OAC. Yeah. OAC,
0: and you're sitting down with your guidance counselor, and they're like, "Where do you want to go?" And you said, "University of Guelph." Tell me about that.
1: Okay, so, I think I got the Guelph idea. No, I definitely got the Guelph idea from one of my friends in high school because. She had to go because she was going to the veterinarian college. Oh, okay. So um, when we were all checking out universities, it oftentimes as friends, we would group together to go on different, I'll like, t- for a parent to drive us to go and visit. So for Guelph, my dad drove myself and my friends. My mom came too. And, like, we fell in love with the campus. So it was, like, I think I had, like, York, Ryerson, Western, Guelph, and it was just going to see. And when I went to the Guelph campus, I was like, Oh, I love it! I love it. Even my mom fell in love with it. It was so interesting, and it, I felt like it was just the right distance. Mm, okay. And I think for me, um, the reason why I wanted to move away for school was because I. I don't know why, I guess, through, I wanted to avoid high school drama, so I knew a lot of my peers would be going to, like, York and other schools, and I was like, I don't want to carry that same baggage or drama mm-hmm. in those hallways. I want to just have a fresh start, try drama. something new. No more drama, Mary <laughs> <Jay>. J. <laughs> I want to have, like, a fresh start and, like, start over, a reboot, and, and I fell in love with this campus and the school, and the, when they, like, mailed you that, like, nice black book, I was like, oh, smells good, <laughs> I was done. I was done. I, I fell in love. And then I uh, and then my parents were like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I'll nice. let's do it.
0: Do you remember what about the campus you found so appealing or interesting to you?
1: I think that it was so spacious. Like, so it was grand, but not um, intimidating. Right. Um, it smelled great. There, even though there was like how many were in the air, it still smelled like I don't know different. It smelled good, and I think the people too. Right, the people were so amazing, so warm, answered so many questions. I think at the time, um, the day began with a, like a welcome from Alistair. Okay, he was like.
0: He was the provost
1: at the time. Yeah. yeah, and my mom was like, "Oh, he has an accent. This is an <laughs> amazing school." Like, we, she was like, "Oh, he's cute." And then, and, I, like, and I was like, "Yeah, he's this guy's cool. This is a really cool school." Like, right. like to have all these people here. Like, so that I think that like just the package of how like they welcomed us and then there was a tour. Like, right. it just was like, yeah, okay.
0: I'm also thinking, like, the smell of the book and the smell of the campus, I think there's like an untapped area of research to look into. Yeah. <laughs> smell. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: That's
0: <laughs> um, and so, what did you go into study, Nicole?
1: I went to study, I was an English major and drama minor, but then I panicked for. <laughs> Acting 2, I think. I took oh, yeah. acting one, and I was. I heard like people were like, acting two is hard. That teacher was like tough. I was like, oh, okay. And I was kind of like trailing poly side too, so I was like, I just jumped to a, a poli-sci minor. Okay. In like my second or third year.
0: And you were living in residence this whole time. also? The
1: whole time, yeah, every year.
0: Every year, um, and so then what was so you moved into residence as a first year student, lived in south. Yeah. And then what motivated you to apply to get involved in Residence Life? Or was there some other things you were involved with on campus before becoming an RA?
1: No, I wasn't. My first semester, I was like... I, we did orientation, which was amazing. Like, seeing that pep rally, I was like, holy crap. I was like, I made the right choice. This is amazing. The spirit here is amazing. Uh, and then just hit the books, really. And then there, there I made friends in my residence, but I didn't commit. Mm. Like I was still kind of tied to my high school friends, right. and <clears throat> and like going back home and like trying to meet up with them and stay in touch, stay in t- you know like try not to let those ties yeah. drop. And then I remember when I went home for the Christmas break, I was like you know for my New Year's resolution was to like, like let, like kind of move fo- move on move right. forward make new friends and like. Just let it go. So second semester, that's when I made Guelph friends, like people from within my classes, people within the residence. That's when I like committed and met, like made become like friends with Jen. Like, um, but I I saw her, like I met with her like that first week of orientation. We met at an event, and I'm like, I'll see you on campus. And then I would see her every now and then, and they would invite me to stuff. But I'm like, no, I already have plans. No, it's okay. Like, and then in January I was like, no, I'm gonna, I gotta commit. I'm gonna make new friends. Let's do this. So I think Jen was like, do you, um, have you seen the RA promotion or like the res life team thing? And I was like, yeah, like, it sounds like things like I've done before, like as a camp counselor, but it's less like, you know, like a supersized right. camp counselor. And I was like, I was thinking about, about, I don't know. And she's like, let's just do it. Like, who cares? Like apply, we'll see what happens. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> so I just did it. And then I remember after doing, it, I was like, how do I get talked into that <laughs> so easily? <laughs> And then we were like stressing to get the letter. And I was like, why did, why did we do this to ourselves? And then we got in and I was like, okay, okay, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I blame Jen and I also thank Jen, but yeah, it was definitely, I had the idea, but I wouldn't have done it if someone was like, I'll do it too. Let's do it together. Right.
0: And then, so was there a moment when you realized that this was something you wanted to do professionally?
1: I think when I, so I did a victory lap, like in a, like a fifth year at Guelph, and then a lot of my peers had done were done, and they, just the way the Res Life, the RLC team had worked, a few of my besties, like you and Jen, ended up joining the RLC team um, within those last two years, so I felt like a bug with that, with that movement. Uh, and I, but I wasn't successful. And I was like, you know what? I think I might be doing this because I want to stay and go. I, I wasn't sure of my intentions. Right. Um, and I feel like whenever I'm not unsure or if, in general, if people are not unsure, like you don't get the outcome you want because mm-hmm. your energy is like split. Right. So after I graduated, I moved back home and I did like nonprofit stuff for like a good year. So I, um, created the home, homework club program at a nonprofit downtown, St. Felix Center, I had like three jobs, I was doing the Homer Club, I was teaching piano at my music school, (laughs) music teacher, and then I think I was doing like ECE programming, (laughs) just not even to make ends meet, just to like not be at home, not like not doing anything, Um, and then within that year, it was really great being in that field, And and then within that year, I was like, you know what, actually I... Intentionally, I do miss residents. I think I do have skills. I could be an RLC. Let right. me apply anywhere, because I think before I was like trying to stay within Guelph or like I, it was just to be. It was proximity was the goal, not the role. Yeah. So when that year I was like, I think I went to, I don't know if you were in. The, I went to Humber to watch someone present. I don't know if it was Jen or you or like some like I can't remember cuz and Chad was working there at the time. So I went with maybe Jen and I was watching their training and that's when I was like, "Uh-oh, I missed this like officially." Right. And that's when I was like, "Okay, I'm going to start applying anywhere across Canada to try and, and to do this." And then, is it ironically or foreshadowing, I ended up getting my full-time role at Humber. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: And this was kind of before well at least for me, you and Chad and a few other folks were among a few folks that were working in colleges mm-hmm. that I was aware of I was familiar with folks who were working in universities um, and that was that was very cool I think. What was that like to um, work at a work at a college a giant college yeah um, but was it were all of your experiences immediately transferable or did you have to relearn kind of a little bit about the college context
1: I think. But, but well, for, as, a, as a professional, it was my first time, it was, like, my first full-time role. Mm. And I remember, like, being in my office and being like, okay, what do I do 9 to 5? Like, is someone going to tell me what to do? Right. Like, that, like, first couple of weeks, you're just like, oh, I'm a big kid now. This is amazing. But what do I do? <laughs> and then, like... It was like, okay, prepping for training, doing your sessions, right. thinking about how you want to build your team. And I just flowed. So that was a really great experience to be like, it's me. Like, I'm the manager. I'm not the RA. Ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also be thinking about like bigger scale, like being on call, like, and, and I'm the go-to person. Right. So those were really good, like adjustments and like, and I, and I was able to do it. And I was like, I have the capability. For the college system, it was different to realize, so, like, not to disregard, like, not to be a jerk about university, but sometimes you have a lot of free time, or you're able to, like, skip. If you're, you know, you see your syllabus, you're like, you know what, I want to be in the UC today, and, like, you know, or show up late. Like, you have that flexibility, and at Humber, they have their, I forgot how old Guelph Humber was, so I had half my team was... Gulf Humber folks who had that freedom sometimes where like in between their classes, they would come and visit and, and, you know, chill in the office and talk, or they'd be like, we're going to skip today. You want to go to the mall? Okay. But my Humber students, my college students, I would see them at night because like their day would be packed with classes or maybe Mm. they had like a placement somewhere. So I would see them in the evening and that would, and sometimes it would be harder for them to RA because... They're not there during the day for things, so it would be all nighttime arranging for them. So that was an adjustment to um, see the different types of availability that student has. And even the turnover that some right. college students are only there for a year or two years, and then they're gone. Right. Whereas in university, you're kind of spoiled to see someone from, like, when they first enter to when they graduate. You're like, oh, I helped mold you, like, right. You have that – you're able to see the growth, so – that was a bit of a, an adjustment, but it was good. It was good to be aware of like different types of students, mm. and like you know, like not to assume that everyone has a neat little package of like four years. That right. it could be, you know, there could be transition in the like. I had a uh, mature student on my team. He was older than me, so like I I don't know if he was working on like an additional probably additional qualifications for journalism. So having those dynamics on the team were like amazing to see those different types of students. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And have you been able to take any of your learning from your experience working at a college into your experience working at, because you went from Humber to Scarborough, right? Yeah.
1: I think, um, definitely not assuming everyone will finish university in a set time. Yeah. Like that, I think that was my first time realizing that education comes in different timelines.
0: I'm always so frustrated when I see when they define an entering class as the class of four years later. Yeah, so that on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, but if yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me because some people will take shorter or longer,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: to define it that way might make someone feel like inferior if they're not doing it in the four
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think know if it's the U of T average or UTSC, but ours is like five. The average is like 5.6 e- years or something like that. Yeah. Like five years is like normal, which is great for people to know that, hey, don't feel pressured to yeah. have this clock ticking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what else did I learn? Oh, you know what? I think being an RLC, I don't know what, I don't know how, because I've been out of residence for a while now, so I don't know how people view residence life skills, and I've talked about this with a few people like Jen and uh, even Michelle Vibrugi on our campus when we talk about residence, like, I think my residence life skills really shaped my, like, just, oh man, just passing the problem solve yeah. and not panic, right? To, like, delegate sometimes, to be able to rely on people, to listen to, like, um, to manage just certain things like certain situations that you're put into in when, re- when you work in residence life yeah. really gave me a strong base so that no matter what field or position I went to I was able to pull from those experiences oh, and totally. nothing felt nothing felt like weird or foreign I was like oh I've done this before or I've done something similar I could adjust it so it was a really good I think especially in light of how we're talking about there's lots of student issues and mental health and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't dealt with those incidences, it could be very intimidating or even scary to think about. What if a student discloses this to me? Right. Well, when you work in a residence life, you're bound to have one of those storylines, unfortunately, because you have a, such a huge population. Sure. So I think once you have one of those, you're like, OK, I know I learned from that. It didn't go well right. or it went well. and Yeah,
0: it's. I think it's funny as well, well, not funny, but interesting how I think because we're around people who have similar experiences, I think we sometimes take it for granted, and then when you go into other spaces and people are, like, really uncomfortable those types of situations, not sure what to do, and you're like, oh, wait. Yes. Not everyone, I even think in terms of, like, event planning. Like, if I was already yeah. surprised surprise oh, party my with some friends, yeah. and I was like, no, no, this is, like, this is an easy sequence, and they're like, no, this, this, like, they're just...
1: Yeah, I even have been planning.
0: And you're just like, no, this is routine for us. Mm-hmm. I guess in some ways because we have such experience, but and I think we forget that it's unique. It's a unique skill set that we've gained. Yeah. As a of, you're like, oh, poop and microwave. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Can do yeah. Yeah,
1: ceiling top. Yeah, like yeah. even like I guess knowing like not not sweating the small stuff because yeah. you know other types of. Like, I think even help, it helped me when it comes to people, like, because since you meet so many different types of people and residents from different backgrounds, different storylines, whether or not it's mental health related, but just, like, people have, like, you might meet a rich kid, you might meet someone who, like, everyone pooled money to send them. Like, right. knowing all those storylines, like, you, it makes you aware of, like, I think it exercises my skill not to, like, to just take people as I receive them and that everyone's an indiv- individual like book. So not thinking like everyone's like, I don't know, like not categorizing people sure. because like I just met so many amazing students over the years that I'm like, nothing surprises me in a good way. Like whatever you might disclose to me or share or, like is amazing. Like i and it's unique and I've heard it all. So like I'm not going to be judging you or worried right. or scared. Um, okay.
0: So then you moved over to Scarborough. And you've had some additional, like educational experiences, right, on the side. Oh yeah. You did your life skills, and you joined your masters, and your
1: yeah. So I did, yeah. During the year when I was um, working in a nonprofit, Jen just finished life skills coaching at George Brown. She was like, I love that. Do it. It's like a really great experience, but also it's really great for your resume. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's a good idea. Sometimes she has amazing ideas, but I take a long time to do them. I'm like, I'll let that marinate. And then I'm like, it was a good idea. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I did that, and I also did um, like a um, novel writing. I took like two courses at George Brown during that year, and it was so cool. By the time I finished my George Brown life skills coaching, I got my Humber job, Mm. right? And I was able to speak to it in the interview. So the life skills coaching, I think, gave me additional, uh, like, additional confidence in the ability like to coach people and and, and coach groups and Mm. and thinking about different types of life skills that people might need but also the way that I would create a life skills lesson is how I formulate my um, presentations and workshops because the life skills lessons addresses like the three domains of adult learning and I just like the way it flows and it kind of encompasses the different learning styles like so a moment to feel a moment to like physically do a moment to think so I've just kept that model in the work that I do and there was a time when Jen and I were like telling people you should do it you should do it and there's so many of our peers that had went through the program and I think it died down but I would definitely encourage people to consider if they're you know it's a kind of unique experience being, especially if you're someone that's used to coordinating and facilitating for years. Right. When you're doing the program, it kind of reminds you what it feels like to be within a group. Mm. Like the group dynamics sure. experience is fierce uh, and, I, and it could be quite humbling. And also as you experience the lessons, because ideally you're collecting le- for each of the three modules. As you learn, experience the lessons, you keep those lesson plans for yourself, right? Mm. So as you are experiencing those lessons, you kind of it's kind of a journey for yourself too Mm. so it's a really interesting program and then I think I haven't really written in a while but I also did comedic writing comedic script writing at Humber um, which was a really cool experience it was with one of the um Flattery or Flattery brothers okay yeah yeah not I don't I want to say Joe but I don't know if Joe is the one that's part of SCTV so Joe's brother (laughs) (laughs) uh, teaches comedic script writing at Humber and it was really cool. It's, it's distance ed, but you meet with them a couple of times. And I worked on a spec for uh, two and a half men. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It was That's good. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was fun.
0: Um, and then when did you start?
1: My master's. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, I started my master's in adult education and community development at OISE.
0: Mm-hmm. How's
1: that going? It feels like... I'm never going to get there, but I'm going to get there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I know the feeling. Oh, gosh. But I like the – my first semester, first year, I was nervous. Like, I was was excited, but I wasn't sure how I would measure up. Like, I wasn't sure of of my student skills. Mm. Um, Because, we know, we deal with students that are transitioning from high school and they overestimate. Right. right, or they don't realize they're gonna drop. So I was like, think I was mindful. I'm like, is there one of those for masters where you like, you're like, you have to reevaluate how you study, right. and do your work because you did, the way you did in university is not the same, um, and and also there's so many distractions now. Like working full time, and then like there's net there's Netflix, the internet's like on your phone. Yeah. Before all we had was like in university maybe it was like Napster, LimeWire, ICQ, ICQ, MSN, <gasps> yeah. But then you could, like, you know... You, Turn
0: those off.
1: Yeah. Or the people that you could probably message were with you, kind of. But, like, yeah. there's so many other things you could do than read. <laughs> so that's been hard. But I've been doing amazing. Like, amazing. But that adjustment of do, being... Like, you, I can't... I don't have... My full-time job is not being a student, whereas before it was. Yeah. I never realized how amazing that is <laughs> until I don't have it.
0: Um, I also... Uh, I was in my research and preparation for this conversation. Yeah, wanted to talk about your podcast because that's one of the things oh my that inspired me to start this one.
1: What? No, um, you inspired me. Well,
0: it's mutual inspiration. Okay. Well, it wasn't so much a podcast, but a radio show that you were doing at, um, at Scarborough, right? Yeah, in Scarborough,
1: we have uh, Fusion Radio, shameless plug. <laughs> it's on live radio station. And then I think I was like in my second or third year in my, in my, so actually after I left housing, uh, when I joined student life, I was in the position of leadership development coordinator. So I was coordinating a leadership program for the campus. Um, and then once I was like pretty solid in that role, I was like, I want to do, I want to kind of explore, um, UTSC a bit more. So I did a, volu- I I don't know if it's volunteering, but I did a show, um, called Dirty mixed Tapes, uh, on Fusion Radio, and the premise of the show is to, like, celebrate the um, mixtapes, which I miss doing, or m- even mixed CDs. Because, you know, curating, like, if you think of the whole process of, like, yes. making the playlist, crafting the order... Picking the songs. Picking the songs, yeah. and then you gift it, and the person listens to it, and like, oh, it was, so, like, just that, like... Oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. so the whole concept was, like... Um, kind of curating mixed mixes for, like, different themes. So, like, songs for a rainy day, best covers, uh, breakup, makeup. Right. Um, and sometimes I had friends, like, or people on campus, like, come on the show and share a list. So I had, like, one work friend, Megan, that helped me do, like, a Christmas episode and she had her, like, own, like, her top ten cr- uh, Christmas songs. <laughs> so th- it was fun and then mm-hmm. after all after a while, I got my role changed and I got a bit too busy for the show. And then... Last year, I was kind of missing it, and I was like, oh, I, I wonder if I should experiment and try to do it, make it as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I did maybe one or two episodes, maybe three. I can't remember. But it's – I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, so I kind of like paused. Um, but it was pretty cool to try, like, you know, nah. with, with my MacBook and try to make it into a podcast. And But I feel like I like the – maybe because I got used to it, I like the radio show – the studio, Yeah. you know, like you're the mics in front of you, and like, you're like kind of queuing up your songs, yeah. <laughs> and and so with the my, um, with the my MacBook, it's a little bit difficult because it's like you make the playlist and then, you're just talk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a different feeling. It's a different it's not, feeling. It's not, it's not live, like,
1: well, Yeah. Live yeah. ish, yeah, huh. but it's still pretty cool. But I still like it. I feel. I feel like there's a place for that. Fe- well. I'm sure other people are doing that theme, but I feel like it's a really good concept to, like... I love it. Oh, I just miss, like, yeah. Even maybe making a tape, like, you have to, like, time your songs. Like, so I had a friend that would be able to time up to, like, those 60 minutes. Like, yeah. the, the last song would end, and then the tape would end. That's a lot. That's extra. I would I would, I would yeah. just time... Like, the song would end, I would just begin it on side B, but... Yeah.
0: like <laughs> I remember that, like... From the radio. Yeah, and then you're like, I don't have money by the tape. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's
1: why the radio people would talk, be like, hey, I'm six four. like they would interrupt the song you're at like, the end.
0: Dang, Tarzan Dan. Yeah, why did you ruin my recording?
1: Shush. Or don't put your God. own song. Yeah. Your own jingle over it. Yeah. Oh
0: man, that, the, the art of the mixtape is definitely lost. Um, oh man, that's bringing back me some memories. That's so good. And I used to like make the covers, like I used to like, <gasps> Yeah. To, clip, clip things from magazines, to cut out, to make a little collage, to be like, oh, this is like the mixtape for you. Oh, so good.
1: Something I still have them. I, I don't have anything to play them, but I still have tape, like mixes that people gave me.
0: Oh, my one, oh, this is embarrassing to share. <laughs> I really loved Wonderwall by Oasis. Yeah. Animated, well, it can't even be described as a mixtape because there's no mix. It was literally just that song. Oh. Old,
1: <laughs> again,
0: both sides. And I just would listen to it all the time. So, I'm obsessed. Oh, so oh good. things you do when you're
1: an <laughs> emotional teacher. A young one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, you're talking about that this kind of was taking place when you were doing your kind of leadership education role. And I found a good quote from you. Oh. That I'll, I just wanted to see what if this is still where you're at. Okay. With this definition, which is for me, leadership is an emotional process, and it's something you develop through relationships. The more you work within an atmosphere of a team, group project, or staff, the more you develop your leadership, senses, and skills. That's a good quote. It is a really <laughs> good
1: quote. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe I said that. It's so nice.
0: You're, well, you're, you're very smart and oh, you're
1: very wise. That's so um, wonderful. So I,
0: an emotional mm. I think um, the thing that struck me is when you're defining leadership as an emotional process that is through relationships, which is not necessarily the first go-to definition of what mm. you think about. They don't often connect emotions emotional aspects to leadership is this something that you brought to your work as a leadership educator or that you continue to bring with your work um,
1: I th- yeah I think a lot what, what my um, team always mentions like when they give me feedback they always mention that they like that or they when they quote me not mockingly but they're like you always say this and it's like I always ask people to like like what do you like um how do you feel about it or like what does your gut say so I feel like my style and how I maybe coach or yeah, I, I definitely see leadership as an emotional experience. I, I think it's because you are learning from the reaction of others, right? So, and you need other, I feel like you need people to lead to, right? Like you can lead yourself, but ideally uh, if you're leading other people, you're kind of lead, learning how to lead people when they're like, haven't had their coffee yet in the morning right. have, or missed lunch. Um, there was a death in the family. Um, they made a mistake and they failed for the first time. So as you're experiencing those emotions of the people on your team or your students, it kind of lets your kind of feeling and also navigating your leadership style according to those emotions. So, right. and I think that I always encourage people to listen to their gut. I don't know, I don't know if it's like an Oprah thing or like an Oprah like you know something. What what she always say like what I know for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I. I think the gut is very like intuition is very real yes um and i like helping not only myself but other people learn to know where it is what it sounds like and to like lead from it because it's our guts are right and when we go against it we feel bad we feel wrong we feel like oh i should have done it this way you know you know when you're not yeah and, and then as i'm so and then i think what helps my team is i trust when i we're talking about something i'm like what does your gut say they're like i think we should do this i'm like okay let's do it like so for me to trust them and trust their gut i think they're like okay i could ch- oh if she trusts me we're gonna go with this okay cool it's not like really yeah. you feel it like come on what's your proof it's not i don't doubt it i'm always like okay let's what's do it gut? yeah and if it's wrong we'll learn from it and then we move on and it's like yeah because
0: we have the skills and capacities to like respond <laughs> yeah if we need to that too
1: understand. So I'm like, we're, we're smart. We could do this. If we're wrong, we'll problem solve. If we're right, we learned it, you know.
0: Yeah. It's tricky because our gut and our intuition are not necessarily seen as valid ways of knowing.
1: No, yeah. Right? They're like,
0: okay, what theory is this based on? And you're like, okay, that, that's valid too. Yeah, for sure. But also, at the intersection of my experience with like humans and emotions and my own experience and my awareness of theories and... Research and scholarship, that all informs, I think... Yeah. ...what your gut says and feels sometimes.
1: Yeah, I've read... Um, was it, like, last... You no, know, a year ago, I had the student development theory class with Stephanie Waterman. Mm. Um, it was wonderful. It was really great, because she... I hope I'm summarizing it right. I'm like, I hope I learned what I was supposed to learn. But I think we explored student development theories regarding other types of populations, like racialized students, a bit more than the one. And also, revisiting the ones that were taught and figuring out what's missing from the narrative and how it works and what to take and what not to take. And one of the articles we read was one on formal and informal theory. So now I always use the phrase informal theory. 'Cause it's it, like gut or even just like making observations based on your population or a trend. Right. Like I'm like right right well, right now our, our informal theory is that students are liking this. Right. Let's let's go with it, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. So I think that for, for me I think <clears throat> informal theory validates like emo, like feelings or observations right. because, you know, in comparison to like, you know what else? those buzzwords said right, something. Right, right.
0: So taking this class with Professor Waterman um, and looking at these theories um, from a few different perspectives in terms of populations, um, was there anything, were there any aha moments that you were able to compare to kind of your own experience of going to like Guelph, which was like a pretty white place, Yeah. (laughs) um, and working in this field, um, which can be characterized as a pretty white field? Like was there anything around examining those articles or that content that was... That resonated
1: with you? Yeah, I remember, I, I remember the moment... Well, going through Stephanie's class and we went over uh, the seven vectors. Um, Name them in order. No! <laughs> I could. After that term, I was able to. I was like, I need to memorize this. Now I forgot it. That's fine. Should I, I should have it. a t- cheat sheet. So, but I remember when we... You know what was so cool? I don't think a lot of people had... I'm assuming. I don't think a lot of people had student development theory in RA training. But we did at Guelph. I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I just think I remember just having people not know, like my peers of from other schools. So I, now I think look back to that training session. I'm like, good on you for teaching us, like, why the heck we're doing a bulletin board. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at, at this time of the year. Like, why am I doing this? So right. was, anyway, so I remember when we learned seven vectors. I don't know if I was around Jen, like Jen was near me or we followed up after that that session. But I remember when the, the one about like... Um, like autonomy, like moving away from home, that like that yeah. one. I remember being like, nah, not <laughs> not with my family. And I remember talking with Jen, and she was like, nah, like she was like going home every other weekend for like a birthday, it's just. Right. And I remember like I had like I didn't have to, but I went home often, and like my parent, my mom, like I had so much money on my meal card because my mom would bring me meals. Right. Like, like, so I was like, this doesn't happen for some groups. Like sure. sometimes like we're independent, but we are still like linked for sure. Right. Like, um, and I, but then I had like my other friends who were like, um, my Canadian or white friends, they were like, when the minute they left, their parent was like made over their bedroom. So they, or it's their yeah, now. it's a library <laughs> now. Or their parent was like, Oh, you're finished. Where are you going to live Like they were like, <laughs> their parents in not so subtle ways. was like, see ya. Yeah. Like you're leaving the nest. Whereas like our parents are like, <laughs> you're coming back. <laughs> right. What do you like? You're not leaving. Like you're not leaving. Why are you leaving? You have food, lunch. Like we love you. Yeah. So that was, a, I remember going through those vectors of being like, okay, some of this relates to me, but some of them not as much. Like my world's a little bit different. Mm. Yeah. So then when we studied that in the class, it was good. It was, we had a lot of, um, like, my group, we chose a book called, like, I think Mi Voice, Mi Vida. Like, um, it was based on, like, Latin-Hispanic students like okay. and their stories and their journey, their transition from high school to university. It was a really good book. Um, and just reading some of those stories and seeing, like, elements of myself or even Jen or other peers of mine that Sick. were racialized and going through post-secondary or even my students now, like, uh, at UTSC and being like, okay, like, we need to, like... Reevaluate some of our theories or just be mindful of the informal theories that right. like certain populations, this doesn't, this doesn't happen. And it's okay. Like it's okay if you don't get the interdependence, like you'll get it at another stage, but like it doesn't happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. It isn't a requirement. It isn't a requirement. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's amazing. Uh, thank you for those insights. Before we get to the, uh, lightning round questions. Ah, i so excited. Uh, I have... Uh, we have an announcement to make. <laughs> okay. Um, and that is... So this is the season finale. Oh, yeah. Of season three.
1: Such a good season.
0: Such a good season. Um, and we have an announcement about what season four is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And that is... Maddie, do you want to share the news?
1: There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some changes around here.
0: So Nadia uh, is going to be joining the Relay Essay team Yeah, as a co-host, co-producer, co-anchor, co-anchor co-everything. So um, we're still figuring out how it's going to look like, but Nadia's going to be doing some interviews as well, um, and maybe hopefully we'll do, get a chance to co-interview. Yeah. Oh and that'll be so awesome. Um, so yeah, so I'm so excited for that. Um, what are you hoping to get out of it, and what are you hoping to bring to the Relay Essay oh. table?
1: I'm hoping, um, to, I was talking about this with someone recently that I think during the school year we get, I get, um, so busy being busy. Mm. And then during the summer is when I'm able to reconnect through caucus or like, just through like, let's meet up and talk about what we're doing as we tackle the next year as you're planning so i'm ho- i'm looking forward to meeting different individuals within our field that i may not necessarily meet um to like kind of broaden our way of thinking and how we do and just learning from other people is always a good thing because we're do- everyone's doing amazing things but we don't know it yeah. we're just like oh i always do this but it's like it's probably the next best thing right so i'm excited to learn from other people i'm excited to bring like other perspectives to the table that might be missing, like because you can only think of so many on your own, right? Absolutely. So maybe us together we can make sure that we're representing more people or being mindful of more questions and comments and trends or whatever it might be. And I'm looking forward to chilling with you. Yeah,
0: more quality time. Yeah. Um, and we need we need a new theme song. That's like prior number one. Okay, <laughs> we have to get
1: the artist Adrian Ross to see to see if he's. Anyway. He's always booked.
0: Awesome! I'm so excited for season four. Um, but to wrap up season three, let's ask you some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready?
1: <sighs> okay, okay, I'm ready.
0: So you mentioned before that you know you're often distracted by Netflix. What was your last Netflix binge?
1: Ooh, my last Netflix binge was. Um, I, I stop halfway because I get I panic when I get a little bit consumed. <clears throat> but I finished. Oh, Kimmy Schmidt. I finished Kimmy Schmidt, and now I'm stopping, continuing Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because they updated it, and Drop Dead Diva. It's a a pretty good show. I've
0: heard it's really good. Yeah, it's clever. Um, What is something that folks would be surprised to learn about you?
1: Surprised. Um, I'm not introverted. I'm not extroverted, No. I'm like, I'm on the border and I could, I could put on a coat of extrovertedness. Right. And especially if I'm around introverted people, I turn on my extroverted to like, you know, help with the mingling or whatever. Right. But I think my, I'm actually quieter than people think. Like I'm chill. Like I, I need to charge on the, on the weekends and like just binge on Netflix or play. I like to play the Sims. I'm a, that's something that's Uh surprising. I love the Sims, the computer game. I didn't
0: know that. (laughs) Yeah. I love it.
1: I don't. I only remember
0: like Sim City, (laughs) so I I have not I don't know the context. Oh my goodness, it's It's so so good! Yeah, you make
1: people and stuff. It's cool. Oh. Yeah.
0: Um, If you weren't in student affairs, what would you be doing?
1: What what would I be doing? Um, I don't know. I think I would. I would definitely involve people. I'm intrigued by um, I guess other fun facts about me is I know Reiki one level one. Mm. Um, I like angel cards and stuff like that so I, I think I'd like to be a healer in some sense maybe or I feel like if I really really thought about school a little, if I thought about school a little bit more when I was younger I think I would have been a chef mm. but um, do something in culinary but I didn't think it through I was just like English teaching
0: right yeah yeah um, if if you could pick one song to play every time you entered in a room <laughs> what would it be you know what came to my head <laughs>
1: Is it Super Trooper? We're here for a good time. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, I thought we're here for a good time. Like as soon as I like, entered, not a long time. That would be so cool. Uh, People would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: amazing. <laughs> um, who would play you in the movie of your life?
1: Who would play me? Oh. I think I was gonna. I was gonna pick. Um, what's her name? Taraji. Taraji P. Yeah. Henson. Or Octavia.
0: Octavia. Those are both phenomenal actors. Yeah. I love both of
1: them. And they're funny, I think too. So.
0: Yes. Oh, those those are inspired choices. I can't wait for the movie of our lives. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right. So that, uh, is the end of my rapid fire question. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Well, we also, um, I just had a really good conversation. I also want to be mindful of time. Um, So, well, the last question is, you know, it's a relay. Ooh. So is there anyone that, I mean, you can say now that you're a host, maybe you can pass on the relay part, but we can also start a new relay. Is there anyone that you think we should talk to next that you think we should try to interview?
1: I definitely want to interview Chantal Joy. C. Joy. C. Joy um, at Humba College um, because she's experienced... I I knew her at Guelph when we were, like, RAs. Yeah. And then I don't know if we crossed paths when I was at Humber. Maybe. I can't remember. I think she went to York for... Yeah. She went to... Yeah. yeah. So maybe not. Maybe our ships weren't passing. But um, I definitely, for some reason, want to pick her brain. Yeah. And then I'm thinking of maybe, like, Sean Kinsella. Okay. Um, Over at UTM? Yeah, over at UTM. Just to start talking about, like indigeneity and his thoughts on, um, I've worked with him because within my portfolio at at UTSC is indigenous programming. And it's over the last five years, five, six years. And now it's like a personal passion of mine. And so Sean's like a friend and we have collaborated on numerous events and projects. So uh, on my campus, indigeneity, that awareness is growing and it's amazing, uh, but I'm also worried that it's going to be a trend for, right. you know, a couple of years. <clears throat> and then, you know, we get a post-secondary when, when it comes to staff and faculty after a while, you get exhausted. And then, you know, are right. things going to be in place to keep it going? Yeah.
0: What are the like, um, foundational yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, I just want to pick his brain on like, you know, what he thinks about it and, um, just talk a bit more about it because I think people are starting to get more curious. So it's now a good time to, talk to people about what truth is, what reconciliation is. Right. Yeah.
0: So just some nice light topics. Like what <laughs>
1: it's really, what is reconciliation. Uh, you know, the, the usual.
0: The usual. No, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's, and so important. I think that's something that um, hopefully we can have um, some more and more conversations like that on this podcast. Awesome. So thank you so much, Nettie. I really appreciate it. You're thank welcome. you for hosting me in your beautiful condo. Ooh, you're welcome. Ooh, all right. Thank you so much. That's it. Bye. Wow, right? So many great comments from Nadia. So many brilliant ideas to chew on. I just can't wait to see what happens with her as co-host. What adventures will ensue? I have an informal theory that it's going to be amazing. Open your Twitter machine right now, do it. And follow Nadia, her handle is at NadsRoses, N-A-D-S-R-O-S-E-S. Thank you so much for the interview, Nadia, and so much for joining the Relay Essay team. So that's it. Our final interview of the third season. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. As always, if you have any thoughts or comments, please connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at Adam Keown. And please also feel free to get in touch with me if you have any suggestions of folks we should interview for the podcast. We're always open to new ideas and suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.